Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Thanksgiving edition episode of In the Trenches Sports. Sean Ludden joined alongside by the coach, Chance Clemens. And coach, you know, I, I'm excited for this one. Um, we're going to talk probably mine and yours, probably all-time favorite coach. Um, just not alone for what he did coaching-wise, but also – what he did just for the game of football alone. Um, and obviously that's John Madden who we lost um, obviously last year um, before Christmas. Um, so we're going to talk him today and everything that he loved about Thanksgiving, um, what we love about it. We're going to recap, uh, you know, the top 10 playoff um, spots for college football. Um, as we go into week 13, the rivalry weekend, um, this one is, and, you know, some of the rivalry matchups, I, I don't understand. You know, it's supposed to be rivalry, um, but instead, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State played, you know, what was it last weekend? So instead, Oklahoma plays Texas Tech and Oklahoma State plays West Virginia. I, I don't see the rivalry there. Um, so we'll get to that. Um, and then obviously, we're going to talk about some pastime, um, favorite Thanksgiving um, and tradition. Uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side? And then we're going to look into week 12 of the NFL. So coach, how are you feeling um, going into Thanksgiving? I'm feeling good. I'm not a whole lot to dispute right now. So I'm feeling pretty good, excited. Ooh. I, I got to work every day besides Thanksgiving, but, you know, busy schedule and a lot of work to do. So mm. See, my work day uh, ends on Wednesday. My work week ends on Wednesday, and uh, I'm off until Monday. So uh, I'm I'm blessed, thankful for that. But let's get down into this. Um, it's going to be a quick episode. I'm really excited about it. But let's go ahead and break it down in um, to the college football playoff as the top ten. Um, the new uh, week thirteen rankings were just released um, earlier this evening as we record. Um, and kind of no surprise through the top six, um, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, LSU, USC, um, Bama creeps back up into seven. You got Clemson in at eight, Oregon nine, and then Tennessee after the embarrassing loss um, stays in the top 10 um, after the loss to South Carolina. Honestly, I think they should be booted out of the top 10 after that. Yeah, I I mean, there's a couple other teams I would start putting in there, possibly. Um, maybe Penn State, Kansas State, and Washington are right there on the bubble. You know, may, any of those three you could probably put in there. So. That's, that's very true. Um, now we've got, you know, obviously this weekend means a lot in college football. Um as we've got some great rivalry, rivalry games um, we're going to touch on here for the predictions. Um, obviously, we have the game, uh, Michigan and Ohio State, this one at the Horseshoe um, in Columbus. And what do you think of, you know, the Ohio State fans, the university, the students, everything, and basically just everyone that lives in the state of Ohio that decides to cut out the letter M this whole entire week leading up to the game? Hey, that's, I mean, that's smart. That's what rivalries are made of. And so kudos to them for uh, doing that. And I, I just love little traditions like that. And it makes 
not only, you know, football more special, but it kind of makes the rivalry between schools a little more special and it almost makes something that everyone can enjoy, not just athletes. Exactly. You know, and that's, that is what makes it fun. Um, you know, I saw on Instagram earlier this week, you know, you have, um, the Memorial golf tournament. That's always, you know, a huge golf tournament in, uh, you know, the state of Ohio and they, it's now the, uh, Royal, um, you know, obviously you're cutting out the M's, um, golf torment, uh, torrent or whatever, however, however you want to pronounce it, you know, there's no M's in it whatsoever. And then, you know, in the bio, they crossed out all the M's with X, red X's. Um, so it's just fun to see how businesses, you know, other sporting events, everything kind of play into it. Um, and, you know, like you said, it just makes that robbery a little bit more fun. Um, what would you say would probably be your favorite rivalry, um, in college sports? Um, for me, it's, I mean, just being an OU fan, it's going to be either OU Texas or OU OSU. Um, I, I think there's more nationally, it's probably... Oklahoma, Texas, because there's so much, you know, riding on that. And even when those two teams are not as strong as they um, have been, it's still a big game. It is. Um, I mean, when you're able to split a stadium 50-50 in half, um, you know, by colors and one, one one side of the stadium you're playing away game, one side of the stadium you're playing a home game. Yeah, exactly. And so I think I, that's I think that's maybe one thing I love about that game is just you know technically like one school's a home team and they wear the home colors, but that stadium's fifty fifty for the most part, and uh, just the environment surrounding it, it's always fun. Um, I haven't been able to go to one yet, so I know it's something me and my dad have uh, looked at and are trying to mark off our list to go together, um, but. OU OSU is definitely up there as one or two for sure, just with the more, you know, the family side of it. Um, my wife's not huge into football, but like she'll watch that game a little bit with me and she always roots for OSU because um, she, she'll, you know, everyone she knows is an OU fan. So it's more fun to, you know, pick the smaller school. It's fun um, to be that devil's advocate. Exactly. So for me, it, it's got to be one of those two. What about you? You know, it's it's difficult for me to pick. You know, growing up in the KC Metro, you had the border war. You know, obviously, then it started to be called the border showdown because you got to be politically correct. Um, but that, you know, just Missouri, Kansas, that football, you know, um, that game always between them being played at Arrowhead Stadium. Um, and then obviously you had two, the year 2007 where that game was a number one, number two matchup. Um, when they played at Arrowhead that year. Um, and so I mean, Mizzou was ranked number one, Kansas was number two. Um, so that was always a, a fun, pivotal game um, to look forward to every single year, um, the KC Metro. But I mean, really, when I look at it, you know, kind of just from a fan of college football, what the game I love to see is, you know, obviously either Michigan, Ohio State, um, or Auburn and Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Um, Mm-hmm. You you can't go a year without the Iron Bowl. 
um, and something crazy, ridiculous, special happening in that ball game, um, whether it's a field goal um, getting returned 106 yards to the house to win the ball game, um, you know, it there's just something about Bama Auburn, no matter if Bama's completely controlling the tables every single year and Auburn's having an off year um, or vice versa, or they're both in the top 10 or something. It's a ball game that is always fierce, competitive, um, and down to the wire. And it, it's fun and exciting. And I'd so, um, but I, I think I'm missing one game and we're two weeks out from it. Can you take a guess and think what game that is that we're two weeks out of? Oh, it's got to be Army-Navy. Exactly. Thank you. So Army-Navy, I, I think that's probably the greatest rivalry right there. Um, you have probably the two most iconic service schools. Um, and now what they've started doing over the past years, bringing out those special uniforms. Um, Navy coming out this year with a space-themed, NASA-themed um, uniform for the Army-Navy game. Um, if you have not had a chance to see it, you need to get onto Twitter, get onto Bleacher Report, wherever, um, and start looking at that Navy uniform for this Army-Navy game. Um, and it's the only college football game that whole entire week. So how can you not tune in and see these young men that are, you know, obviously playing to potentially maybe make it to the NFL one day, but instead what they're really playing for is, you know, just for fun because they know once they graduate the service Academy, they have, you know, that commitment they've already made to their country um, to serve it. No matter if, you know, they want to go to the NFL or not, they have that commitment. And so, you know, it's kudos to them, um, everything they do, um, for our country and they will do for our country as well. And then also a big salute to the men and women that are already serving our country. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I love, that's probably my favorite Robert game right there. I mean, that's not a bad one. I respect it and I love the tradition behind it. I'm not a big guy on it, but I do love and respect that game. I feel it. All right, coach. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get down into predictions um, for us for week 13 of the NCAA. Um, we'll start it off. Big noon kickoff, your favorite um, pregame show. I know it. You know, Urban Meyer, all those guys right there. I, I know you love it. Um, they're going to be at the horseshoe, number three, Michigan, at number two, Ohio State. Let's hear your score. Yeah, this this is gonna be a really good game. Um, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm I'm really intrigued on how Ohio State's gonna play this and if they're gonna play up or down to their competition. Um, Michigan's good, but they're they're not explosive like Ohio State, and so that's what I mean when they play up or down. Um, so I'm gonna go Ohio State thirteen, Michigan seventeen. All right. Now you know. We've seen both these teams over the past several weeks have very close, nail-biting games. Um, Michigan barely winning last week. Ohio State having a very difficult game um, a few weeks ago against Northwestern. But, you know, that was also during a crazy windstorm where gusts were going 70, 80 miles per hour in the football game. Um, you couldn't really do anything. So this ball game, though, um, 
if Ohio State plays to the caliber that they know and can um, and how they played beginning of the season, then I think they come out and dominate Michigan. But I think Michigan's going to have a chip on their shoulder um, and want to prove everyone that they can do it again two years in a row um, and beat Ohio State. But I think Ohio State barely edges them out, 38-33 in this ballgame. Um, and it's going to come down to that final quarter as well, probably final few minutes as well. I like it. All right. So another big game rivalry, um, one that kind of people always look forward to this year. And now it's a top 15 matchup. Um, could have some implications as well on the college football playoff as well, depending on that Ohio State-Michigan game as well. Um, number 15, Notre Dame at number six, USC. Um, I've got it going to be a close one. Um, Notre Dame has really stepped it up the past several weeks. Uh, when they played Clemson just a few weeks ago, it was a shell shock, um, on what they did to Clemson. And so if they can come out, play like that against a very strong offensive minded USC, um, Trojans team led by Lincoln Riley, then, you know, this could be a high-scoring game. Um, I don't think defenses will be there on either side. Um, USC barely edges this one out, though, 47-44 um, to beat the Fighting Irish. I'm going to go Notre Dame 34, USC 31. I think this is a – I mean, this is going to be a tough game. Um I, I want to see if Notre Dame can kind of prove, almost make this game a prove-it game, if that makes sense. It definitely does. I mean, because it, it is. Um, you know, you've had several games where you were expected to go in and, you know, blow, blow out opponents, and instead you struggled or you lost those games. Um, so for Marcus Freeman, you know um, – and this is a game where he's got his team back on the right ship. And now you're playing a high caliber opponent that's ranked number six in the country. It's like you said, it is a prove it game. Yeah. And I, I, I think they're a lot better than we saw earlier in the year. Um, and, and their schedule is not great at times, but this is a game where if you can win this, you kind of prove that hey, if there was a 12-team playoff, we would be sitting – we'd be in it. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, this is a game that you win it and you build off of it and you start making a run next year. So. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Iron Bowl time. Number thir- uh Number seven, Alabama, playing host to Auburn, unranked. Like we said, you know, this game can be a close battle. Um, It can be a blowout. Um, I think Bama, though, in this one, it's it's going to be one-sided. 31-13, Saban comes away with the victory in this one. Yeah, I think Alabama's got this one. Um, They really need a good bounce-back week. You know, last week was a, you know, a win for them, but people started questioning how good they looked and everything like that. Um, but I think they pull it all together and win forty-two to thirteen. 
All right. I like it. And final game of the week, um, weekend and week 13, we're going to pick number five LSU against Texas A&M unranked. Um, Chip Kelly has that team right now vying for a potential playoff spot. Um, kind of all depends what happens with uh, TCU this weekend. Also what happens with that Ohio State Michigan game. I'm not worried for Georgia against Georgia Tech. Um, if Georgia Tech was to be able to pull off an upset there, um, then dear God, what the hell has happened in Athens, Georgia? Um, but I've got LSU 27-13 in this one um, over Texas A&M. Yeah, I'm going to go LSU uh, 42, A&M 17. A&M is just trying to scrape by and keep that top 25 recruiting class right now. And so hmm. this is going to be a hard week to keep it, but I think LSU LSU is just the better team. They really are. Now, did you see what happened um, halftime of that Texas A&M game last week? No, I did not. So they had announced attendance was about 91,000 people in attendance at that ball game um, at Texas A&M last week in there at Kyle Field. At halftime, after the band got done playing, that stadium probably only had about, oh, five to 7,000 people left in it. I, I could understand that. I mean, they're, they're not producing. They're not putting a good product on the field right now. Um, and tides, you know, we've, we've mentioned it week after week. Tides are shifting in the SEC. Um, you know, rumors are saying Lane Kiffin might be leaving Ole Miss to take the job at Auburn. Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but – no, you know, that would be ridiculous. It really would. It would be a complete downgrade for him. Um, absolutely terrible. I would not want to stay in conference either um, and take another job. But, you know, th- things are shifting in the SEC. And like you said, Texas A&M, they have to, you know, at least compete against LSU this weekend if they want to continue to try and keep that top 25 recruiting class. No, exactly. So – All right, Coach, we're going to take a quick break. Hear from our presenting sponsor, Anchor, um, and just how easy it is to start your own podcast with them. And, Coach, just like that, all you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to start your own podcast or even to listen to podcasts. Um, Cool little feature now, too. Um, I was looking at our podcast that we posted last week. And you can now interact with your fans, your listeners, and it's actually posing questions on the podcast when someone goes to listen to it on what feedback they have or, you know, interactions and stuff like that. Um, So Anchor really makes it fun and interactive, not only for you as a podcast creator, um, content creator, but then also for our listeners as well. All right, so I don't know about you, Coach, but when I think of Thanksgiving and, you know, I kind of always associate it with football. Obviously, you know, other people are going to associate it with, you know, the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, You know, obviously turkey, family, you know, 
naps. Um, but I, one other thing I associate Thanksgiving with is John Madden. Um, and huge, huge props to what the NFL is doing to honor him and his legacy. Um, going forward, starting this week, um, this week's Thanksgiving games, and for the, you know, for the remainder of time, the Thanksgiving Day games are now called um, the John Madden Thanksgiving Day Celebration. That's awesome. I think that's pretty cool. It really is. Um, you know, and there's, I, I, I've never seen a man in my life that has ever loved Thanksgiving more than that man did. And the creation he had of Turduncan. A turkey stuffed with the duck, stuffed with the chicken. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was pretty smart on, on what he liked. He was. I mean, he loved Brett Favre. That's true. <laughs> so, obviously, you know, um, you can't really go Thanksgiving without talking about John Madden, um, his love for Thanksgiving, football, um, Brett Favre, everything else there. But, Coach, what I want to know is what's your favorite Thanksgiving pastime or tradition um, that you've got to always do or that you did as a kid growing up? Uh, for me, it's eat pumpkin pie and watch football. All I mean, right. as weird as that sounds, that's – that's what it was. I love pumpkin pie uh, when I was little and just a short fat kid that was wider than he was tall. I would <laughs> eat a whole pumpkin pie and I could probably still do that to this day. Now I've got to ask with that pumpkin pie, is a slice of pie more cool whip than pie or did you, did you barely go cool whip on it? Oh no, you have to cover your pie and cool whip. Thank you. If Thank you can you. see your pie, you're doing it wrong. Yes. Yes. Now, when it comes down to it, the very last bit of crust, do you eat it or do you just leave it? Oh, you got to eat it. Okay. That's like that's like pizza, not eating the crust. Like, it doesn't count. You yeah. got to finish your whole slice. You can't go back for more. You have to finish the slice. And that's why you've loaded up with Cool Whip. So that way you can kind of bring a little bit moisture into that crust when you take those final bites. Exactly. So I think for me, um, Thanksgiving kind of always, you know, what I associated growing up obviously is um, waking up, watching that Thanksgiving Day parade, um, seeing, you know, the floats come down, um, seeing the performances, the music and everything else, flipping back between CBS and NBC, seeing who had the better coverage of the parade everything like that. Um, but then obviously, you know, football, um, having those little backyard games, everything else like that. And then just enjoying it with, you know, the family, um, eating the turkey um, and, uh, you know, absolutely putting yourself into a food coma with how much you decided to eat um, and try and stay awake during the games. <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, you eat too much and then you can't move, but you have to stay awake because you got to see who wins. Exactly. 
Um, you know, and you kind of would always know who was going to win some games because those lion, the Lions games, you you just always counted the Lions out. They never really showed up. Um, now they're finally starting to get a team where you could say, hey, I want to watch that Lions game um, just to see how they're all right, Coach. So, really, another thing that people always argue and debate at Thanksgiving time is what their favorite side is. Um, I've got to know, you know, what what is your favorite side when it comes down to Thanksgiving? Um, you know, do you have to have a someone certain special like green bean casserole or uh, stuffing or mashed potatoes or something like that or? You know, what do you consider the most, the best thing to look forward to on that table every single, every single year? Oh man. Um, see, I'm more of a side guy. Like I like Turkey and all, but at the end of the day, it's where the sides. Yeah. And that's what I'm asking. Yeah. You know what, what your favorite side is. I, I know. I know. Um, <laughs> so I think, oh man. Like mashed potatoes, if they're made fresh, homemade fresh mashed potatoes are delicious. Mac and cheese is a favorite. I pro- I'm probably going to stick with those two. Those two? All right. And homemade so, gravy for your mashed ooh. potatoes. Now, with that gravy, are you one that it has to be a turkey gravy or are you in the boat of, all right, as long if it's a brown gravy or it's, a, you know, some people do chicken gravy? Um, or are you one that it has to be a turkey gravy? Oh, it's it's got to be the turkey gravy. Like, that's the true homemade turkey. Like, yeah, that's a I mean, true homemade, you know, uh, gravy. I mean, there's you can't beat that f- flavor of what you get when after those juices and everything – after you're roasting that turkey. Exactly. So, I mean, for me, when it comes down to sides, I've always been, and I'm, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'm, I'm a guy that loves stuffing. I don't care if it's homemade stuffing. I don't care if it's stovetop. But give me some stuffing. Let me load it up with some gravy. And I am going to devour that. Um, that is something I've got to have on my plate every time I go back through that line and every single year. Um, and then, gosh, probably second side, you know, probably mashed potatoes. Um, kind of all depends on what the veggies are, though. But if it's, you know, there's a green bean casserole. Kind of all depends on who, how they make the green bean casserole, um, on how I'll eat it. But definitely mashed potatoes, homemade mashed potatoes, and homemade gravy, turkey gravy. Um, and then honorable mention um, is deviled eggs. You've you've got to have deviled eggs on on that platter as well. Mm. See, I'm not big in those, but I know my wife loves them. Oh, dude, I I could go through a whole entire carton of those. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll clear out the room afterwards, but those eggs are good. You can't beat them. Um, and then 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that's what it is. Um, now, are you are you a, a guy that turkey has to be traditionally just roasted, no other way of doing it? Or are you kind of in the, you know, all right, let's do a smoked turkey, let's do a fried turkey. How, how do you have to have your turkey for Thanksgiving? Um, I like it all the same, like – I like all of it. We used to fry it, um, but we've done a lot of it, you know, in the oven before too. So I think typically we'll do the oven more just because it's easier mm-hmm. um, and it's safer and doesn't burn the house down. But honestly, I honestly I love all of them. Now I I've never had a fried turkey myself. I want to do it. Something I, I it's on my bucket list to do, but I've never actually had a fried turkey, so I, I, I'm missing out there. Um, last year I smoked a turkey, spatchcocked it, so removed that spine and then flattened it. Um, that was probably honestly the best turkey I've ever had, with just the flavor it produced, um, and just the way that smoke penetrated the meat as well, and how moist it was. Um, really made for some good leftovers as well. Um, to use that leftover meat and kind of make, uh, made some little, uh, like turnovers, combine that meat with the gravy and then roll it up in like a crescent roll and then bake that. Oh, dude, mm-hmm. that, that was some good stuff. Um, so I, probably the best thing about Thanksgiving though, the leftovers, you, you can't beat that. Oh yeah. I love Good old thing of leftovers. So, all right, coach. I think that's enough. We get done talking about food. I'm getting hungry. Um, so I can't wait till Thursday and uh, really start devouring some food. Um, put on an extra 20 pounds and just feel miserable about it. But uh, let's, you know, week 11 in the NFL, what stood out to you? There were a lot of good games. Um, I didn't watch as many as I wanted to, um, just with, you know, life and everything and having a kid and being busy with your wife and everything. Um, But I loved the Kansas City Chargers game um, and the Monday night football game. I got a ton of alerts on that. Oh. And I, I watched a couple minutes of it, but, I mean, that's a great way to, you know, wrap the week up is Sunday night and Monday night football. Well, and especially with Monday night being there at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. Um, and it was just – the Cardinals had no chance in that game. I mean, there was a technically a home game for them, but 85% of that crowd were Niners fans. So that was yeah. a complete that was a complete home game for those 49ers. Um, and it was you could just tell the 49ers were better prepared for it as well. They spent an entire week, you know, the week leading up in in to this game in Colorado Springs, training at the altitude, getting themselves prepared for that. Um, so really, you got to give kudos to uh, Kyle Shanahan and that whole entire squad there in. Uh, you know, San Francisco for what they did to prepare themselves for that altitude, because 
I mean, that's even higher than, you know, Denver. I mean, they're sitting playing at like 7,500 feet. No, and that's, I mean, that's ridiculous, but that's just, that's a great way to kind of prepare for a game and to take advantage of um, something you can't control. Mm-hmm. And so how do you prepare for something you can't control and you change your environment? And that's what they did. So that's, that's awesome. Exactly. So for me, I've, I think one thing that stands out to me from week 11 is I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. And it's just, a shout out to the Bills, their organization, and everything they did um, for player personnel, safety, and everything else. Getting everyone, you know, dug out of their homes from the snowstorm, getting them to Detroit on time um, to be able to play that game. Um, and you know, they they bounced back after a very you know tough game against Minnesota they had the previous week. Um, but, you know, Cleveland played them tough. And this, some of the decisions, you know, Buffalo made going into this game as well um, for what they were going to do, knowing that they would have to come back later this week um, to play Detroit in Detroit. Um, you know, they set themselves up in the visitor's locker room. They set themselves up on the visitor's sideline. Um, they treated that as like an away game, even though they were the home team. Um, so huge Huge just, you know, props to that whole entire organization um, to then get themselves even more prepared um, for this week against Detroit. Um, And then shout out to, you know, the Detroit, you know, Ford Field staff. Um, The night before the uh, game there Sunday, they had um, what was it's like the Hobgobble Festival or something like that. And giant circus carnival type thing inside the stadium. And they completely tear it down within like 12 hours and get the field converted back over to a football field ready for that game. Um, so I, I think that's probably what stood out the most to me is just the the logistical sides of football um, in week 11. I think that's awesome. I mean, for what the for what Buffalo did. Um, I mean, people in higher up in the organization were like going and shoveling snow for players so they can get them safely to the facilities. Um, like one of the the CFO or somebody like walked several mm-hmm. blocks to go pick up the player. So, I mean, kudos to them. That's that's something special that you don't see a lot of times. No, it's not. And, you know, yeah, I mean, logistics, uh, it's a forgotten part of NFL football, but it's, if it wasn't for the logistics side of things, you know, we wouldn't have these games every single week. We wouldn't have these international games. We wouldn't have, you know, the game that was, you know, snowed out and moved to Detroit. So huge props to everyone involved there um, in the organizations. Um Anything else you want to touch on week 11 before we get into week 12 predictions, coach? 
Um, no, I think that's pretty much it for me. All right. So let's get it going. Um, we've got the Tur Duncan special, six-game special this week. Um, and we're going to kick it off with all three Thursday Thanksgiving games. We're going to start it off with those Bills back in Detroit playing the Lions this time. I've got the Bills 34-29 over the Lions. Um, so Bills 34, Lions 29. Yeah, I'm going to go Bills 34, Lions 14. Now this, Coach, I've, you know, I, I was big on the Lions to start the season with. I'm still big on them now. They're on a three-game winning streak. Um, they've got a pretty easy schedule after this Detroit game. When you look at it, they're right on the verge of making the playoffs. If you, and they, they could easily go five and one in their remaining six games of the season. Who the lions, the lions. Yes. All right. We're going to look at this. And see, you're not believing me. I mean, I'm not saying I don't believe you. I just – the Lions are athletic. And I I like what they're doing, but they're just not – they're not anything special right now. They're still trying to develop. And I hate the NFL's website. Like, if I click on a team, why don't you bring up their – schedule i was just about the same say the exact same thing so instead i'm going over to espn and going to do it that way like that's ridiculous okay so remaining six games coach you've got you know obviously buffalo then you've got jacksonville minnesota which just completely got blown out by you know, Dallas and who the hell knows what's going on with Minnesota right now. Um, either they're playing great or they're playing terrible. Um, you've got the Jets. They don't even know what the hell they're doing at quarterback or, you know, anything with that team. Um, 3-3 tie fest with the Patriots and only to give up a, you know, punt return for a touchdown to lose the game in the final 10 seconds. Um, Carolina you've got who they don't even know who their quarterback is this week. They're starting Sam Darnold um, instead of Baker Mayfield as I think I saw. Um, And then you've got Chicago. They may be without fields potentially for the rest of the year, depending on um, how his injury is and what everything comes back on that. And then green Bay, it's still up in the air on green Bay. So there is a good potential chance five and one. They could potentially do to finish out the season and make the playoffs. I'm going to disagree with you here. I had a feeling you would, and I think you're going to probably say they lose to Minnesota, they lose to Green Bay. They lose to Jacksonville, Minnesota. Oh, man. And the Jets. I'm going to go for it. They're going to lose four in a row. Hmm. They might be. They might beat Green Bay. Like, who knows what's going on in Green Bay? But no, I think, I think those 
those first three games coming up are going to be tough. Jacksonville, Jacksonville is not bad. They've got some athletes. They're doing the right thing at times with different things. I think they can kind of, you know, bring it together against a struggling Detroit defense. Um, Minnesota's pretty good. Like, I, I, I think I have them high in my power rankings. But when push comes to shove, I think they're, they're a playoff team, but they're not a Super Bowl contender, if that makes sense. It does. And so Yeah, I mean that that's kind of that. The Jets they need something. <clears throat> the Jets need something special to happen and right now they're kind of sitting on that the fence of turning this season around and ending on a high note if their quarterback just just does a couple little things right. Which he doesn't. He doesn't. Yeah, but if you watch that game, though, he was making plays with his feet, and I think he's just – he's overthinking. And I I just – I think – they can pull it off. Chicago, there's nothing there. It's a dumpster fire. Panthers, they could lose to the Panthers possibly if they run the ball and put 100 yards rushing up. Other than that, I mean, I would just load the box and make them pass it. So they can probably beat Carolina if you just force them to pass every play. And then, like I said, Green Bay, we have no idea what's going on. That's a possibility to beat Green Bay. It's a possibility to lose if Aaron Rodgers just decides to be an MVP today. But I'll right now I'll probably say they'll beat Green Bay and they'll beat Chicago and Carolina and finish the season with three wins. Or finish with three straight wins to end the season at what, seven wins overall? Uh-huh. So yeah. All right. All right. Well. Let's uh, you gave your score, didn't you? You said uh, thirty-four fourteen, correct? Uh, let's see. Yes, I think so. If not, okay. it's thirty-four fourteen. Well, there we go. It's thirty-four fourteen. I spoiled it then. Um, next game, you know, we've got uh, Giants and Cowboys NFC East matchup on Thanksgiving Day. Um, your Cowboys coming off of a huge blowout victory over those Vikings. Um, so, I mean, let, let's hear it. What, what do you think the Cowboys are going to do against the Giants? Uh, I think, hey, kudos to Dallas for having a big win um, and running the ball and Zeke performing really well. And guess what? When you put Zeke on the one-yard line, he scores. What have you not been doing his whole career? Putting him on the one and letting him score. Yep. Just, yeah, that's just my... Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very salty with the Cowboys, though, because 
I sat Pollard and he put up 37 points on my bench. Yeah. I mean, Pollard balled out. Yeah. I'm so glad that they utilized both players and not just one. Um, Because we've seen Dallas do that before. So that, you know, I was really happy about that. You know, this was the largest victory in franchise history by point spread for the Cowboys. Really? That's interesting. Yes. Yes. 37 points victory, point, uh, point margin for victory. The largest in franchise history. That was something I... I had to take a double take on. I was all these years of the Cowboys organization. It took just now to you know get a victory by that, that by that much. Yeah, that's a little surprising. I I wouldn't have expected that. So, all right, coach. So let's let's hear your score and you know what they can do against this giant squad. Um, okay. Yeah. So sorry. I'm gonna go. Giants 21, Cowboys 24. Okay. All right. I like it. Close ball game. I'm going to go, you know, if the Giants want to stay in this ball game, they've got to get Saquon going. Um, Then that that Cowboys defense, it's a monster. Um, But I think the Cowboys – get it going offensively. They get Zeke and Pollard going together. Um, I think CD lamb has a good appearance in this ball game as well. Um, so Cowboys 38 giants, 24 in this ball game. There we go. All right. Next game on the docket is the final Thanksgiving day of the year. Um, Patriots and Vikings, um, and, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've got Patriots 27, Vikings 18 in this one. Um, I don't think the Vikings bounce back after last week because it's also a primetime game, and we know how Kirk Cousins is in primetime games. I'm, I'm going to go – See, you started rethinking yourself now because you were like, oh, this is a prime time. I, I did a little bit, but the Patriots are just a mess right now. And I think the Vikings are going to bounce back. And I'm – oh, man. I'm going to go with the Vikings, 28, Patriots, 14. All right. All right. I like it. Um, next one, we're going to go Chargers and Cardinals. Um, you know, I think the Cardinals could have a shot in this ball game if Colt McCoy is still under center, um, and they allow him to do what he's been doing. Um, you know, if I feel. He really could have had a great ball game, you know, Monday night against the 49ers. Um, just the way 
his mentality, his preparation, everything going in week after week um, and hearing players and everything talk about it. McCoy, you know, deserves this opportunity. Um, and with Kyler being out with this hamstring injury, kind of funny as well, since, you know, Call of Duty has launched. He's now missed two weeks um, since Call of Duty has launched. Um, but I've got Chargers in this one, 27-21 over those Cardinals. But if Colt McCoy does play in this ballgame, it could be a lot closer, and the Cardinals could potentially win. That's a good theory. I think he's uh, more hurt than anything, but I do agree, and I think the Chargers win this 31, Cardinals 24. I just think the Cardinals are not explosive enough with McCoy. Um, but if if Murray is back, I think they are explosive enough to hang with the Chargers, but not enough to overtake the Chargers. I understand that. So. <clears throat> All right. Next one. Packers at the Eagles. Um, you know, Eagles coming off the loss to the Commanders played a very tough ball game against the Colts. Um, you know, kind of shocked there in that game um, to see them struggle there, barely come out with the victory. Um, but I, I think they control the Packers in this one. 34-27, um, the Eagles come away with the victory. Yeah, I'm going to go Packers 13, struggling again with a very aggressive um, passing defense that the Eagles have. Um, it's almost scary how how good they are. Well, and you look at the additions they made after that loss, too, to the commanders. They go out – pick up Indomitian Sue, who everyone thought was retired, and they also pick up uh, Linvel Joseph. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, two. it's very, it's crazy. So I'm going to go uh, pa uh, Packers 13, like I said, the Eagles 35. I just, right. I know the Eagles have been hit and miss a little bit on offense. Like they've been good and they've been winning. But if you watch them, they're still hit and miss a little bit here and there. Um, but I think this week they could really kind of – they could really establish a better run game more consistently through the game and open up the pass even more than what they are now. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, last ball game we've got on the dockets, Coach. Uh, Falcons and Commanders. Falcons still uh, fighting for a top spot there in the NFC South. Um, definitely fighting for a wild card spot. So they're in the hunt. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going Falcons in this one. 33-26 over the Commanders. Hey, the Falcons are doing – they're impressing people. They might not be doing the wins. Well – no, they they are. They are. They they are definitely a lot better than I expected. Um, 
But Pitts is out with the injury, and I think that is really going to – I think that's really going to hold this team. And I think the Falcons are going to lose 21 to 27 because the commanders right now are just – they're rolling as crazy as it is. That team – that team is rolling. All right, Taylor Heineke just brings something special to that team. No, he, he does. And I don't know what it is, but that dude makes things happen. He really does. Um, so, all right. So that has it. Um, you know, Week 12 predictions um, in the books there. Um, excited to see what happens. We got a lot of football on Thursday um, between college and NFL. We've got college games on Friday, um, obviously college on Saturday, and then NFL back on Sunday and Monday as well. Um, just excited, you know, to be able to get to see family this week um, and just enjoy the holiday. Um, coach, you know, any final words, thoughts, or anything else, what you might be thankful for going into Thanksgiving um, till we reveal next week? I, I'm just, uh, I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my wife. Uh, I'm thankful for Lily. Um, you know, it's crazy that she's already a year old, but that first year with her, as you know, uh, told you a little bit about was just it's not easy at times and uh, so I'm just I'm thankful for you know this time of the year where we're not stressing about a heart surgery you know mm-hmm. in a month um, you know that was crazy and so I'm thankful for that I'm thankful for you and for us doing this podcast and uh, thank you for you know kind of taking the lead and coming up with a bunch of segments and everything for us and i know you're uh, super busy as well so oh hey you know it, it wouldn't be the same if we weren't doing this podcast together if i was doing it with someone else um going back to our times at ottawa um you know doing first cut live um having those late nights in the radio station everything else you know i'm, I'm thankful for the bond we share here together with you know the podcast or, you know, love of football, love of sports in general. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, thankful um, for just our friendship. You know, I'm also thankful, you know, obviously for my wife, my family, um, being able to get to see them this week um, and everything, you know, they mean to me. Um, and then, you know, I may not have a child like you, um, but, you know, we've, we've got our own addition with little Miss Buffy, our dog. Um, you know, we added her back in February and the way she has grown, she's like our own little child. So thankful for everything she's brought to our life, um, how happy she's made us and everything. Um, and yeah, I mean, really just, just thankful to be able to have everything that, that I have in my life, you know, happy wife, happy life. Um, that saying, it really means the truth. If your wife is happy, your life is going to be happy. Um, (laughs) um, but yeah, no, honestly. So again, you know, 
guys, we, we can't say thank you enough to everyone that does listen um, to the podcast, that interacts with us on Twitter and everything. Um, so huge thank you to you guys um, for allowing us to do this. Um, you, you could just say, hey, stop it. You guys are terrible. Um, but instead, you guys really encourage us to continue going on. Um, so we appreciate it. Um, we'll be back with you next week. Um, recapping week 12 of the NFL, recapping week 13 of the NCAA. Um, may even touch on some World Cup action, Coach, because that did just get started. Um, and we've already had some upsets and, you know, some draws that, you know, people weren't expecting um, between Mexico and Poland. They came out into a, a nil-nil draw today. You had USA and Wales. Um, they finished in a draw. You've got uh, USA playing England here on Black Friday. Um, that's going to be a huge matchup. So definitely we may touch on some World Cup soccer. Um, so be prepared for that. Um, but, yeah, no, episode 22, Favre football enter Duncan is in the books.